0: This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus, with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everyone. Thank you for being with us today on Afternoons with Mike. For the second visit on today's program, I have Sherry Few. She's from the film Truth and Lies in American Education and she has a family member, I believe it's her daughter-in-law, that is actually the lead actor in this film. It is quite an expose from what I've learned in the past about this project, so let me welcome back Sherry Few. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me on again.
0: Well, especially with the technical problems that we've had with the phone line, but I think those are now fixed, and we're, we're uh, for right now anyway, we're in good order. Thank you for your patience on all of that. Uh, tell me, Sherry, I know that we uh, have uh, discussed the fact that you have a number of experts that are really true experts in the uh, field of uh, this whole discussion, educational people, legal people, uh, one of which is Vernadette Broyles, who is an attorney, and she's active, constantly helping people, uh, helping parents against this onslaught of um, kind of a—it's a new religion, really, that's being talked about in our public schools, that is leading children into this uh, notion that gender is not known, it's not set— At birth, uh, they don't know really what they are. I can't think of just about anything that would be more confusing to a young person, to a child, uh, than to be told they don't know what they are. That's got to be at the top of the list. And Vernadette had told us about this uh, new attempt by the Biden administration to impact and change the language of a document uh, that is known as Title IX, which is uh, something that was put in place to avoid discrimination, and that there was a deadline for public comments. That deadline passed last week. Uh, what, what do you know and what can you update us on with regards to that story?
1: Well, I'm just so pleased to have become acquainted with Bernadette and her willingness to, you know, be one of the people interviewed in our documentary, Truth and Lies in American Education. She's a phenomenal woman, um, a strong Christian and lawyer, as you pointed out, a Harvard grad. And she started an entire organization um, around this issue to help families whose children have been influenced by the government school system to transition into a gender that is contrary to their biological gender Mm -hmm. and the fact that um, she's been able to form an entire organization around this just tells you how rampant it is in our country. As a matter of fact, I just got off the phone a few minutes ago with a father from Ohio who's had a horrific experience with his son. He was sharing um, about his high school experience and and the pornography that was coming in through the school and how he tried to stop it and uh, they came after him and, you know, cease and desist letter. And so parents are really up against this huge uh, evil that is in our government schools. And so the Title IX um, changes that were proposed under the Biden administration, you know, would take a, a well intentioned law, which was to end the discrimination against women's sports. Right. So that's the purpose of the law, and and it's worked well for many years. And, and there's some irony in this, too, and I'll get to that in a moment. But the Title IX proposal uh, would change and, and create a new category in the law um, called sex discrimination, which would be based on sexual orientation and gender identity. And so, you know, they would also, in the law, they would be uh, deeming um, people that uphold the biological reality like you and I do of, of genders, that that would be a form of sexual harassment.
0: Yeah. Even from so, a parent.
1: Yes. Yes. So it, it could become a crime for anyone to speak the truth, you know, the truth, the, you know, and so there's so many ironies here. Let me point out the one that I was thinking of, and then I'll go to this other one. So, Women's sports, this is going to totally affect women's sports now because what will happen is we will have boys or men now competing in women's sports legally. So that's the irony in how they're using this law to push their agenda. It's going to actually end up harming women's sports instead of its original intention. So, you know, there there are so many ironies in the fact that um you know, we're told when it comes to vaccine and mass mandates and the COVID, um, pandemic that we're supposed to follow the science. Mm -hmm. So here we are, and we're talking about the science of biology. You know, it's, it's truly wrong to suggest that there is more than one gender. And that's what this agenda is all about. There's, they're saying that, If you've heard the term non-binary, that binary means two. So there's two genders, there's male and female. So people that identify as non-binary are are saying they're not one or the other. And and then they go on to um, suggest that there are multiple types of genders and identities. So it doesn't follow the science. How can they say follow the science on one issue? And then this is contrary to science. Um, and we see so much that in our culture right now, you know, with the pro-life movement, the um, the mantra used to be "my body, my choice," but now when it comes to vaccines, we can't say "my body, my choice." Mm-hmm. We're not doing the science. So there is a lot of um, contradictory contradiction happening in our culture with the left and um, and the right. You know, we're we're not held to the same standards. Free speech is another one. You know, we're getting accused of wanting to ban books uh, from libraries and schools because, you know, they, they have pornography and obscenity in them. And so then we get accused of violating the child's First Amendment right. And I can't think of any um, bigger contradiction in our culture with what we've seen with uh, censorship in mm-hmm. this country. Censorship of the president of the United States, Um, not the current one, of course. Um, I have friends that have been kicked off Facebook for life just because they espouse their conservative views on Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and we all know the Mar-a-Lago debacle uh, is is so concerning because if they're willing to go into the home with the kind of um, uh, notions and things that they've said that they were doing, uh, in, in such a way as they did with President Trump's vice, uh, former President Trump, uh, you know, what what are they going to do to the average American? What are they going to do the, to the rest of us? And that in the context of them just hiring 87,000 of these IRS people, some of which, a good number of which, are being trained and will be carrying guns. And that's, these are things that actually, when you think about the implications, it's ludicrous. It's nuts. And it's like we've abandoned all reasoning. Why would an IRS person have to be trained in deadly force? It, and that's exactly what we're being told. So what is the purpose? What would be the anticipations? And, you know, Sherry, I've got to say this. What, Where are the teachers right now across America who don't espouse all this stuff about gender fluidity, about non-binary, where are they, do you think?
1: Well, I think a lot of them have left the school system. You know, the good teachers that won't tolerate this have left. And, you know, they talk about the crisis in teacher recruitment and retention. But I think in a lot of ways, they're pushing out some of the good teachers. You know, the teachers that have been around a while and understand the difference between what's being taught today and when they first began. And so I think the the liberals that are pushing this agenda even want them out. Anybody that disagrees with them, they just soon see them leave, and then they can replace them with new young teachers that have been fully indoctrinated in the colleges of education, which is exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the colleges of education are the most liberal on any campus. And you know that's where they're getting steeped in critical race theory, in culturally responsive pedagogy, um, you know all of this uh, transgender influence. Now it's we soft- talked
0: about that term the last time. Why don't you go ahead and explain again for our listeners that would that would not be a familiar term to them? Pedagogy.
1: Okay, uh, pedagogy is a method of teaching. So what's interesting about critical race theory? the reason so many schools are denying they're teaching it is because it's not a curriculum and it's not a standard. You won't find a textbook that says critical race theory. But the way that they're getting it into the schools is through this method of teaching, which is what pedagogy means. So teachers are being trained in the colleges of education to um, integrate these teaching methods uh, across the curriculum at every grade level. So that you can't single it out in any one subject; it's everywhere in every class.
0: So it's really sewn through the fabric of all classes, all schools, in uh in basically all ages. And it's starting. We know we in Florida we've had the big issue with Disney, who um got into a bit of a tangle with the governor here, and and it's uh it's an ongoing thing that's happening right now. But that law is in place now in Florida, where at least through, I think it is what, third grade, that they're not able to uh, teach this. But I, I you know, I, I have my wonderings about whether or not that's being broken, because a lot of these laws are, uh, are, are just not heeded at all by some people. And that seems to be the most concerning thing when you have the federal government really overlooking existing laws like for example the open border and what's happening in Texas right now when they're allowing laws that are on the books that have been on the books for many years to be completely bypassed ignored not enforced it is a uh, it's a wide open field I feel like we're the wide open wild west right now
1: well you're very right um you know, there are laws on the books that are totally being ignored and especially in the classroom. And so, you know, there was a, a bunch of laws were introduced or bills, I guess, introduced all over the country last year. I was reading a report by a very liberal organization who's following all this. And, you know, in several states, good laws passed um, in others they didn't, but the effort is being made all over the country. But the problem is, like you pointed out, What good are the laws if they're not being followed, if they're not abided by? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have um, laws on the books now that critical race theory violates um, the Civil Rights Act Mm -hmm. and and the um, uh, the Constitution also has, you know, equal protection clause. It violates that. And so these laws are, are just being overlooked. Um, the schools in particular, you know, they're, they're, they're not transparent about what they're teaching. And, you know, when I mentioned the textbook earlier, I was thinking, as I said that textbooks are nearly obsolete. Uh, Most of the learning now is happening digitally and online resources by these national education groups that are very liberal. And that's what um, teachers and school districts are using are these online materials. So, it's difficult for a parent, even uh, much less a tax-paying citizen like myself. I, I have children, but they're grown. Um, to to see what's being taught in the classroom, you know, with my tax dollars, what are they teaching the children mm-hmm. in my? I can't access that even through the Freedom of Information Act, which I asked for some training materials um, here in the community where I live. The the superintendent was at a public forum claiming they weren't teaching critical race theory. And uh, he admitted they were teaching culturally relevant pedagogy. So I got up during the Q&A and I said, sir, with all due respect, we know that's the same as critical race theory. And of course he denied it. And I said, well, if you could prove that to me, I'd like to review the training materials. He said, sure, just email me and we'll send them to you. So I emailed him the next day and I received a response that said, you will have to go through the Freedom of Information Act. So you know when they tell you you've got to go through FOIA, <laughs> they're hiding something.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, why would? What? What's the answer that they can give the American public, and the uh, the parents? And and clearly, it, they don't really care about parents right now. I'm, I say they the the leading leftist thought tank that is leading our uh, our these efforts in our country right now. They really don't, don't give any concern at all to parents. And we saw that happening in Loudoun County in Virginia. And the parents fortunately uh, fought back. And there, that was a a brief moment where it looked like some good things were happening and I hope they continue, but they don't really care about what parents feel. And, And just for you to be openly at that open meeting, Uh, basically be lied to, said, sure, I'll send it to you, when he had no intention of sending it.
1: Right, right. So let me tell you the rest of the story. So I did make a FOIA request, and they responded, you know, for the the PowerPoint training, uh, they were unable to release it to me because it was proprietary, meaning it belonged to the presenter. And so I filed a lawsuit. And, you know, it's a shame when a... uh, taxpayer or a parent has to use their own resources to force the school district to not only be transparent but to abide by the law which is what we were just talking about how they don't the law so i filed a lawsuit uh we actually had a hearing today i don't know the outcome yet but the school district is claiming they don't actually have possession of that powerpoint although their response to me from the FOIA was um It's proprietary, so we're unable to release it. To me, that sounds like they had it. And yet now they're telling the judge they don't have it. The professor who did the training from the University of South Carolina, they say they have emailed her and called her, and she has not responded. And I don't believe
0: that. How convenient. (laughs) Yeah, they're able to take this, and they're able to train all the children that are in their classes with it Yet when under this FOIA, which is the Freedom of Information Act, that's an acronym for that, when that is presented, and again, that's a legal thing. You're right. Uh, Legal used to mean legal. (laughs) I'm not sure what it means now, but it used to be the law and the law is saying, hey, you've got to do that. Uh, Oh my goodness. And they, they don't know how to find it. Isn't that something? Yes. Yes. It's
1: nuts. And, and so the, the, the exemption in the law is that they don't have to actually produce records. They they only have to provide documents that they have. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, well, you know, we didn't even have to try to track it down with her. And yet our tax dollars paid several thousand dollars for this professor to come in here and train our teachers mm-hmm. with these materials. And, and I have the teacher's book, which is, or the presenter's book that she wrote, which is the main text in a new course they developed called African American Studies and in her book under culturally relevant pedagogy she lays it out and it is obviously not just critical race theory but it's all of the marxist critical theories it's critical gender theory
0: Oh uh, hold on to that Sherry I want to get I want to hear all of that when we get back from this break this is Sherry Few my guest today with me on afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network we'll be right back If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com. On the line with me is Sherry Few. She is the leader of a big film that's out there, which we're going to be talking about in a few minutes. It's called Truth and Lies in American Education. And Sherry's just been giving us a few what would be very personal and very fresh illustrations of some of those lies. I don't know how much truth uh, that uh, we could talk about that's coming from the the school system right now, but there are plenty of lies to go around. So before the last break, uh, the last segment ended, you were talking about this, uh, the, what you found to be in, not only it was it the CRT involved, but it had other Marxist ideas and kind of principles in there as well, right? Yes,
1: yes, there the, the book that is authored by the USC professor that provided training to the teachers in the community where I live uh, is the main text in a course that they developed called African American Studies. So in her book, she talks about culturally relevant pedagogy and they have a chapter in the book that has a table that uh, is called Social Identities Matrix. And so what this does is it sets up Um, oppressors and those oppressed. And so the social identity category uh, of what they call privileged social groups is white people, males, heterosexual people, people from upper socioeconomic statuses, and Protestants. Mm -hmm. So even even Christians are considered privileged and therefore oppressors. And so then those social identities are those groups that are oppressed, are every other race and ethnicity, LGBTQ, which is, uh, I guess that's an acronym your your uh, listeners will understand, it's um, sure. lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and questioning is what that stands for.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Q, and, then, and then they have plus plus, often seen with this too, which are, yeah. those are like wild cards, That could be Mm -hmm. just about anything else. (laughs) You know, where does that end?
1: That's right. That's right. I call it alphabet soup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So then the other group, of course, I mentioned that Christians are considered privileged and oppressors. So then the flip side of that, the people who are oppressed are what they call minority religions. Which um, even includes Jewish people. Which I did an interview with a Jewish magazine recently, and I pointed that out. I wanted them to understand that they're considered um, oppressed and uh, un- underprivileged. Wow! So those are those are the those are all of the critical Marxist critical theories combined into one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not just focused on race; it's focused on on the uh, gender. And, and feminism, that's why it said white males. So if you're a white male heterosexual Christian, you're bad news. Mm. And this is how they are training teachers to think and to integrate this thought process again through every subject and every grade level.
0: It is unreal that um, it makes one wonder, have we crossed that line in the sand? Have we passed that Rubicon? where we can get back to some sense of sanity, not only in our country, but in our educational system. It's uh, looking to me pretty bleak right now.
1: Well, it does look bleak. It has gone from from the 20 years that I've been involved with education policy. It has gone from, you know, just a few things under the radar to in your face, blatantly liberal. Obviously, agenda. And, you know, if we don't put a stop to it, I think we could lose our very freedom because these children are being taught uh, anti-American propaganda, anti-Christian propaganda. They're turning, you know, children are, they're, they're churning out little communists every day. Mm -hmm. And so when, when it comes to future elections, we're going to lose. And I think that's the goal. That's the end goal. In addition to the idea of creating the division, the intentional divisive, you know, that's what critical theory is. That's why it's Marxist, because the idea is to criticize the current culture and advocate for social change. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're creating little social justice warriors out of students. And so so even their standards, you know, when they're learning things, they're supposed to apply it by taking action in their community.
0: And the uh, action that they're going to be taking would be against the two establishments, the two institutions that have been the closest to the family. Number one, the family itself, mom and dad included, uh, the, uh, the whole thing of a family is under not only attack, but attack with a revisioning in mind, a repurposing in mind, and new terminologies given. And then the second institution that's under attack is the church. And with both of those things, that's uh, that's the biggest watchdog, if you would, over our, our children in in our generations. But we're seeing now that schools are not even covertly, although some of this is still a bit under the radar. The fact that they're not willing to just come out and show you means that they haven't shown their hands completely but boy oh boy it doesn't take a lot of snooping to realize that something's wrong something is uh, stinking as they used to say in uh, bismarck huh <laughs> it's not right
1: oh yes yes it does it doesn't take long to figure that out and you know i live in south carolina so we're a pretty we're considered a conservative state um but you know in states like california they really are in your face with it they don't care um, they've passed some laws that require teaching critical race theory. I've heard some really absurd things from my colleagues around the country in some of these more liberal states where they, they are just requiring it by law. And, and I, I think one of the most recent ones was Rhode Island. I heard that they had a law where if you um, disagreed with the gender that your child has chosen or their preferred pronouns, that you, they could take their, the state could take your children away from you Mm. Mm. that are child abuse.
0: Yeah. And you know, we've seen what they did with some parents in the lockdown. Uh, I mean, some pastors rather in the lockdown in California, they were arrested, uh, some fought and thankfully won, but a lot of other congregations have really been hurt, uh, lost a lot of money because of legal defense uh, they mean business in California. It's no longer it really, even in my mind, like the rest of the the states. It's almost its own little uh, banana republic out there. That's what it looks like. And we're hearing Florida be called more and more the great free state of Florida. And uh, <laughs> it's really sad that we have to be singled out. And yet a lot of times, uh, I think the people that really hate hearing that uh, hate us even more, all because of the fact that we do have a governor here who's been upholding the traditional values, the traditional rights of parents, and saying, we're not going to do this.
1: Yes, I tell you, Florida is is really blessed with uh, Governor DeSantis and your state legislature. I've been extremely impressed with all of the legislation that's come out of that state regarding education policy and and freedom certainly hmm. and so I think he's he governor DeSantis and his wonderful legislature have set a precedent for the rest of the country and I think it's great because if he wasn't doing that uh, we would see far less action happening across the country and I even think he can influence you know in two years the next presidential election we we don't know what's going to happen whether he's gonna run I'm, I'm pretty sure Trump's running but um, The fact that he is so popular and his policies are so popular will surely influence the platforms of the the next uh, presidential election. It would
0: appear, yes, it would appear that that is a real possibility. Now, you mentioned your colleagues as you are in touch. You lead this organization called U.S. Pi. Explain that real quick, and then we'll talk about the film.
1: Okay. So, United States Parents Involved in Education is a national nonprofit organization, and we've established 20. Actually, we're up to 22 now. 22 state chapters, and we're growing rapidly. Of course, amid the, you know, the parents' outrage over what's being taught in schools, and we're we're truly a grassroots organization. We're we're not like some of these other big groups, uh, Moms for America, uh, for example. They have I've been on their website. They have 22 employees. I think, well, wouldn't that be nice? We could do a lot with that. But we really are grassroots. We're uh, parents and grandparents and freedom-loving Americans and Christians. And we're just fighting for what's left of the freedom in this country. And we're working to protect children. And our goal, our mission is to end the U.S. Department of Education and all federal education mandates. And that is our mission because... We understand that that's where most of the nefarious pedagogy comes from. Mm-hmm. It, the federal government incentivized with federal dollars. So our our true heart is to restore uh, local and parental authority over education. Get the feds out. Get the other national influences out. And then, and even at some point, you know, states need to start weaning their state departments out of the local control of education.
0: You know, I'm so just that- I think about how the government has been kind of criticized uh, recent generations for putting their hands in our pockets, meaning our money and taking monies away from us. Now the government is not happy alone with that. They're going into the, the chairs of our dinner table for crying out loud and reaching out and grabbing a hold of our kids and saying to parents, you have no authority here. You have no place here. Uh, they need to be doing what we tell them to do. That's basically the message that you've been giving us, and, and that we're seeing happen in these s- sad but true real life stories that are going on in our country.
1: Yes, it, it is unfortunate, and that's a good analogy. As far as you know, we used to be concerned about the money, and and now it's our children. And what, yeah. what more value do we have than than our children? And the and they are you. It's such a cliche that they're the future, but it is absolutely true because if we continue to allow them to be brainwashed, the future of our country is 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 bleak.
0: Mm. Well, now tell us in our remaining time about the film that you and uh, U.S. Pi and all of these other people like Bernadette uh, were involved in. Your own daughter-in-law is the uh, kind of the lead actress in the movie. Tell us about it.
1: Okay, so yes, my daughter-in-law, April Few, uh, plays the protagonist in the film. She's a young mother, and she set out to determine what type of education she was going to provide to my grandchildren. So she interviews several uh, experts, um, book authors. She's she's read these books, and then she um, seeks them to to interview them and discuss what they've um what they've laid out in their books. So that leads to the the interviews of uh, an all-star cast. It's an amazing cast. It's Bernadette that we mentioned earlier. There's um uh Sam Sorbo who's uh, an actress and filmmaker. There's yes. Dr. Duke Pesta of Freedom Project Academy. Um even the author of The War on History. Um, Jarrett Stepman, who's um, a columnist for Daily Signal, Alex Newman, uh, who wrote Crimes of the Educators. He's an award-winning journalist, educator, and speaker. I, I could just go on. All these people are amazing, and they tell amazing stories. They tell the truth about what's happening in government schools, and it is alarming. I'll have to admit, when people watch this film, many will be shocked at what they learn, but the fact is, these experts are exposing what's happening. They've done their research. They've done their homework. They're telling the truth and they're exposing the lies that are being taught in government schools.
0: Mm. And everybody can see this film. All you have to do is go to truthandliesfilm.us. There's a link there. You click the link and you can order a DVD for 19.95. dollars and uh, just, I, I just encourage you to do that. We're going to do that, and then, you know, once you have the DVD in hand, you can show it. You can let people uh, see this for themselves, watch this compelling story, and and basically uh, get a side of the of what's going on that you're not going to hear anywhere else, because the school systems are not going to be letting parents know what's going on in those hours that those kids are at that school. Isn't that right?
1: That's true. Absolutely true. So yes, I encourage your listeners to uh, go to the film's website. As you said, it's truthandliesfilm.us and that's spelled out truth, a N D lies U S. and yes, become become informed and, and help others to become informed. And then I, I hope that you'll be motivated to take action and the particular action that I would recommend is, number one, you can go to our website. The um, website of our organization is USPIE, that's USPI.org. You can look there to see if we have a chapter in your state, and uh, the email address of the chapter president will be there, and you can reach out to them. My email address is on the website. You can reach out to me. We will get you connected with people in your community that are like-minded, and you can help them to put a stop to this. And the reason it's important to have um, a chapter in every state is because we've learned that the federal goals that we have, our mission, uh, is not going to be accomplished unless we have constituents calling their legislators. So we took a trip to D.C. and we learned quickly that if we weren't a constituent of the congressman, they weren't interested in anything we had to say. They won't
0: even listen to you.
1: So that's why we need chapters in every state. We need a grassroots army, and that's what we're building. And as a matter of fact, we do not have a Florida pie chapter. So if any of your listeners are interested in um, considering that, they can, again, go to our website. There's a tab there that says uh, find a chapter or start a chapter. So you can reach out to us through the form that is there, and we'd be glad to talk to people and, And, you know, we have a lot of good connections in Florida. We just don't have a pie chapter Mm -hmm. established. So that's one way that you can take action. Another thing, um, if you'd like to support the work we're doing, like I say, we're a true grassroots organization. We have one part-time staff person. And um, the rest of us are volunteers because we're passionate. We feel called to do this. But we're trying to raise the last $12,000 of our – Public relations marketing fund mm-hmm. for the. So, if anybody is willing to donate, they can also do that at USPIE.org and just put in the memo that it's for the documentary. And that's how the money will be used to help us promote the film.
0: Well, we're going to be touching base with you again in the uh, next couple of months to get an update. Sherry, uh, it's been an informative time. It's uh, sadly uh, very interesting, but very sad at the same time, a mixed bag in that one to, to realize what we're having to do and what we're dealing with in our country. But the fight goes on. We're not ready to give up. And I thank you for all that you're doing.
1: All right. Thank you again for having me on, Mike.
0: God bless you. And friends, we'll be right back with our last segment coming up in a moment. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit greenflagfranchise.com. That's greenflagfranchise.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO.
1: Turning 65 or
0: already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now. Or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Back again now for segment three and with me on the line, Carla Mathis from the National House of Hope. Boy, that's one of my favorite Orlando based organizations. Sarah Trollinger has been on a number of times, as has Carla. And Carla today is speaking to us from California. Welcome, Carla.
2: Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for having me with you.
0: It is such a joy always to get to talk with you. Carla is here today to talk about a special event that has already started. It's going on now and will culminate on Tuesday night with a special live event that is also going to be live streamed. It is called Project Hope, and it is a kind of an effort to get people to see a free video that they can sign up and, and watch this video. It's all in the context of this terrible condition in our country that is growing, and that is teen suicide and suicide in general. I mean, it's not just even with teens. It's becoming a, a bigger problem than ever. And it also culminates into a, an event at Christ Church on the 27th at uh, seven o'clock with a special guest named Jennifer Ellers. So tell us the, uh, the whole big scoop on this event.
2: So yes, Mike, we, um, National House of Hope teamed up with American Association of Christian Counselors. We're very excited about this event. Um, As you may know, September is um, Suicide Awareness Month, the prevention month. And so this is something that is, you know, the statistics are rising every year and every day. And just with the epidemic that we came out of and, um, you know, still in the process of coming out of, The statistics have gone through the roof. Suicide is the second leading cause of death amongst our young people. And in 2020, 46,000 people took their lives. Um, And that's on average one every 11 minutes. And so we just, you know, we deal with teens, troubled teens every day at all of our locations in Orlando, as well as our affiliates across the country. So we are working with these troubled teens who come in, um, you know, the whole mission of House of Hope is to restore teens and families. And we get to talk with them every day. And I remember, um, goodness, it was several months ago, we, uh, we were sitting with some of the teens, separately, the girls and boys, and we just went ahead and did a little survey. And we asked the teen girls, how many of you have thought about suicide? and every single one of them raised their hands and then we said how many of you have actually attempted suicide and every single one of them raised their hands so that's a hundred percent with the boys it was about 50 percent and um it really just you know i read so much and i see so much and so it's just really opened my eyes and so we're excited about project hope um and the partnership with aacc um the first it's a two-part five-day event with the opportunity for people to view a documentary called my ascension and my ascension is the documentary of a young lady by the name of emma benoit who a young teenage girl who attempted to take her life by shooting herself and fortunately she did survive and it has left her paralyzed and we she and her family, everyone is hopeful that she will be able to walk again at the moment she is paralyzed. But she's using her platform, um, her story as a platform, to really encourage young people and to help them to ask for help. Um, Emma's story is, is I'm not going to say it's unique to so many. Um, I think it's she, she, com- she comes from a very um, close-knit, loving family, strong believers, strong Christians. She very popular. She was a cheerleader in high school. Um, most people would think she had it, had everything going for her. And what people didn't see was what was going on inside of her. Yeah. And so she took, she took a gun and tried to shoot herself in an effort to, um, take her life. And so, you know, just this documentary is her story. And it they, you know, the, they interviewed the parents, And you'll hear the parents say, we had no idea um, that this was going on. And so it's a great tool to just use, whether it's parents, churches, schools, um, for young people and parents to get together and watch a story, um, be encouraged. It's not something to be ashamed of if you're feeling the thoughts or thinking the thoughts, but just the importance of reaching out to someone and saying I need help and Mm -hmm. so that's what that's what that is about it starts um you can register online at nationalhouseofhope.org and once you register a link will be given um to you and it can be watched anytime between September 23rd beginning at 6 a.m up until September 27th at midnight And then as you mentioned, the second part of Project Hope is the live in-person workshop with um, Jennifer Ellers, who we're very excited to have her. She is an expert in youth suicide. She is a life coach, a counselor, psychologist. Um, She speaks a lot on the subject. And um, so she will be in person at Christchurch Orlando on Tuesday, the 27th at 7 p.m. And after she speaks, there will be a panel discussion And Emma will be a part of that panel discussion as well as other experts in the area. The producer of the film will be on the panel discussion as well. So both parts are absolutely free, uh, but both parts do require registration. So we're very excited and we're just hopeful and praying that this will be a tool that will help save lives. So
0: Emma will actually be at the, the Tuesday night event live?
2: She will be part of the panel discussion. She will mm-hmm. be live via um via like webinar. She'll be on video okay she so person, she won't be there, be there
0: in person. Video. That's what I was trying Correct. to get because yeah. this young lady's story is going to i believe really ring home with a lot of these young people i'm I'm interested to know what maybe some of the reasons that even in the survey that you did where hundred percent of the young ladies had attempted suicide, where 50% of the young men that House of Hope deals with did the same. What do you think the reason is that those percentages are double among the women?
2: Just in speaking with them, the girls, uh, you know, both came from, both the boys and the girls came from very troubling um, childhoods and had a lot of trauma. I think with the girls, there seems to be more... um, more pressure, more anxiety. Um, they, you know, girls are more emotional. And with that comes just a lot, lot more anxiety, um, and w- which eventually will lead to stress. Um, and so with that, I think just you look at both the males and the females and just what, you know, both obviously are dealing with, different things at you know the same ages but the the stress and anxiety seems to be higher amongst the girls and the boys is what we have found in our experience.
0: Mm -hmm. Now you know since you and I had our first meeting back in goodness this would be 2019 (laughs) that's a long time ago now almost three years ago I guess when you and Sarah came up the world around us has changed hasn't it I mean this whole The, this whole thing of even looking at uh, the the difference between male and female, uh, the uh, current administration seems to be trying to open up to uh, where there's no there's no uh, real gender even possible to be known. So right. th- this how is how do you see the confusion in our culture right now impacting the the kids that you work with at House of Hope?
2: We do see it. Um, it's, it's the early stages, but we are seeing it. And we do have some kids that will enter different locations of our affiliate houses of hope. Um, and, you know, some of them will say, well, identify more with. Um, if it's a girl, I'll identify more with a male. Um, if it's a male, I'll, one of them might say I identify more with a girl, that sort of thing. So we do, we are starting to see it. It hasn't been, uh, you know, a huge percentage, but Mm -hmm. it is definitely, we're starting to see the trend. And so that is something that in my work, because I deal with all of the affiliates and work closely with all the affiliate leaders, um, we are just really, you know, just, that's part of our discussion. And Mm -hmm. what, how we want to address it amongst our families that come in um and really just offering the truth in a loving way and as we know you know Jesus is the truth so um but we are definitely seeing it Mike it's it's yeah I, I can say when we first had the interview in 2019 we were not seeing it then right um, but just I would say within the last year we started seeing it
0: well, it is a concerning thing, and we know that suicide, no matter the reason, no matter uh, what the root causes would be in that individual's thing, is such a serious problem many times uh, that people are successful in carrying it out, and their life is over. And the, the pain left behind in the family, it's it's horrible, but such a sad, sad story for everybody involved. And I so commend House of Hope for its efforts in, in bringing this event and this uh, Emma Benoit video that is able now to be watched free of charge and then take part in this uh, event on Tuesday night at uh, the Christ Church in Orlando. Seems like such a worthwhile uh, time spent for a really, really great cause, and I really do thank you. Tell us how we can get uh, information on that and everything else that House of Hope does.
2: You can go to nationalhouseofhope.org and everything about Project Hope is on there. Um, Everything about My Ascension and then the live workshop on Tuesday, September 27th and also um, a bio on Jennifer Ellers, the speaker is on there as well. Um, And then just click register, learn more and it'll take you to um, a page where you can register for that. The link will be provided for My Ascension and then... Um, For the event on the 27th, that can be live in person. If you're in Orlando, we invite you to please attend in person. We'd love to have you. And if you're out of of the Orlando area, you can also watch that live event um, via live stream. And so a link will be sent to anyone who wants to watch the live stream of the 27th event. Um, But nationalhouseofhope.org and click on the Project Hope link and click register.
0: You know, when I think back to the prophetic nature of uh, Sarah's naming this ministry House of Hope, I'm sure that uh, while the need for hope was very much alive then, <laughs> in this day and age, isn't it true that uh, that it, it's more true now than ever?
2: Yes, absolutely. And that's what, you know, we are here to provide hope to so many who are hopeless and who are hurting. And we know that our true hope lies in jesus christ
0: Mm. there's no greater hope than we have than that and i'm so grateful for an organization that really uh, tackles the real problems that these young people are facing like what emma benoit was facing and people around her her own parents did not know like you said it's so often so true that the people you think would have the least amount of problems are those that are suffering the most And sadly for her, it ended up, uh, like you said, I'm glad she's alive. We pray that she will be able to walk again. Uh, Sadly for so many, that is not the case. So this is a a problem worth tackling and we're grateful for House of Hope and National House of Hope doing all that they can do to help in this problem. And again, all you have to do is go to nationalhouseofhope.org, right?
2: Correct, nationalhouseofhope.org.
0: And look for Project Hope. It's been yes. great talking with you, Carla, all the way from California. And it's it's early where you are out there. So we're recording this in the morning in Orlando. It's, uh, it's doubly early for you in California. <laughs> it's
2: early. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It's always a pleasure and a delight to talk with you.
0: And we'll uh, look forward to hearing the report of this great event. So thanks, Carla. And thank you, folks, for listening to this program today. We'll catch you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.